and welcome to You and I Make a Thing. I'm your host, Thomas Butel. In this episode, I've invited my friend Mel to create something that both of us have never attempted before. And here's the thing. We haven't decided on what we'll make before the episode starts. That will get decided in the first half as we improvise and compare some ideas. Our shared journey of coming up with something new is all about pushing our own boundaries and overcoming creative challenges. Stick around for the second half where we talk about our creation. We share our experiences and talk about the roadblocks we hit along the way. As always, pictures of our work are available on this episode's show notes. Just visit youandimakeathing.com to see them. I hope you will enjoy listening to our conversation and hearing about what it feels like to create something completely new. My guest today is Melanie. Mel is an artist and author living in the UK. She's active in the male art community and runs the Society of Letters. Her correspondents are from all over the globe. Mel has also published Five Foot Storyhouse's debut book called How to Make Raspberry Jam, a lyrical journey of anguish and joy. You may reach her on Instagram at tumblingfumbling. Hello, Mel. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Thomas. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to do this with you. Oh, I'm excited too. This is wonderful. Before we get started on our ideas for You and I Make a Thing, I'm curious, do you have like a current art project that you're working on or something that you're excited about? Um, well, I think at the moment I'm focusing on writing my big piece. Uh-huh. Um, that's like core, most constant aspect of my creative practice. I've been working on something for about two years and now it's starting to take shape. But I have lots of little side projects, mm-hmm. which a lot of those are participating. So, for example, Mayor Longton correspondence in the past has been a big part of that. Yes, like you pointed out, it's mostly international. And whatever my project is, it's usually conversation. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, there's, there's a walking project going on. I, I do a lot of walking. Yeah. And I've got a... I've started up a small online salon, but that, that's a really new thing. We've only done once. Um, and then sometimes these side projects, they turn into bigger things, more ongoing things. Um, and I'm also joining a poetry writing group this month. Um, but I've never really intentionally written to a salon, so I don't think I've actually properly ever written poetry so that will be a good challenge for me uh, uh-huh. so yeah those are some things i'm doing you are busy yeah. how about you what, yeah what? yes well i participate in a local art collective called the board side and hey. we you know we hold uh, backyard art shows with music and and whatnot yeah. but there's going to be a, a local community festival here in the neighborhood called stoke fest and the board side are going to have a booth at that festival. And I'm going to be leading some sort of do-it-yourself activity. And Wonderful. Stokefest is all about surfing and the ocean and whatnot. So I'm kind of thinking of doing something with surfboards and surfers and like a little, maybe a little kinetic art project or something like that. Really? So 
you know, bring a bunch of materials and then invite people to build little kinetic art pieces with me. So that's mm -hmm. that's what I'm focused on right now. That's coming up on mm -hmm. November 11th. And uh, I wish I was closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, whenever there's a date coming up, it's always sooner than you think it is. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be focused on that here pretty quickly. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. I've, you've sent me some of the board side zines in the past. They're really neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy contributing to them. Mm. Yeah, thank you for asking. You're welcome. It's always nice to know what people are doing. Mel, I ask you to come up with three ideas of things that you might want to do that you've never done before. And yeah. I've done the same. Mm. Um, how about we talk about them? You want to tell me what one of the things might be? Okay. Yes. So one of the things I was thinking of is making some sort of food art assemblage. So there are maybe something like Crockenbush, which is an assemblage of pitarols. Right, um, right. Some kind of assembled piece of decorative confectionery in a sculptural form, or some sort of dish that is given to you between courses, something that entertains and also serves as a conversation piece. Wow, that that's I've I've never even considered making food as art. I mean, <laughs> people do it all the time. I know that, but I've mm. never thought about it like thought about doing it myself. That's a that's a wonderful idea. That's sort of so out of left field for me, <laughs> and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's like oh. <laughs> Yeah, let's see, make a croakenbush and like e each little thing might be a different color or a different shape or something. Yeah, you could do so much. Croakenbush has been on my bucket list as such for oh. quite a, a few years. I don't, you know, make food art or anything like that. I'm not a baker. Yeah. I have made profiteroles many, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that's that's something that I really like to do. And I, for me, I thought something like that is also, I would like to be able to finish something in a short time frame. You were talking about a month. And so I was thinking, let's see if I can come up with an idea that has a clear end point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my first idea. What's yours? I was going in the, in the direction of writing. Um, okay. And what I was thinking of is to create some form of kinetic poetry, maybe s something where you unfold to see the wor words or you rotate something to reveal different meanings or, or maybe even something where you're pulling on threads, like literal threads so that then do something to this whatever it is, it's on paper or cardboard or cardstock or whatever, and you pull it and it opens up something. It's, this is not a very well-formed idea. All that I know is, is, is that I was thinking of like, how can we explore poetry in a kinetic form? <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. So that was my first idea. I, I like that idea. Uh-huh. Okay, so my second idea was glass bending and writing. During lockdown, there was an artist called Laura Quinn, uh -huh. and she basically you know, makes 
art pieces using glass. But because people were in lockdown, she decided to come up with things to keep her students occupied so they could work with glass at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she basically you you bend the glass with a tea light. And she was at that time she was making a project where you made words with them, so you were writing with bent glass, really. But that's just a what you know you could do all sorts of things like that. Also, it's something I wanted to do, so I bought these glass tubes. Do I have some glass tubes already? Ah, okay. <laughs> so, um, but that again is like um, a rough kind of starting point. It's a particular technique. Uh, but that might link to your kind of kinetic coach. Actually, Mel, that, it's a lovely idea. I've always wanted to play with glass and melting glass. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're on the same wavelength here because my second idea is yeah. very similar. It's basically word shadows. Now, okay. I, I was thinking of like using just some sort of cell material, like, you know, the things that you get on report covers, they're transparent, but then building it into maybe a pyramid or a cube or some shape, and then having words on there that then cast a shadow onto maybe other words that are on a piece of paper. Or I'm imagining some structure that's transparent with words on it, and then as the sun shines on it, it casts these words onto some other platform. I'm making notes while you're speaking. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> trying to make I, mental notes because, again, it's not, not a particularly well-formed idea, but... No, it's, I'm trying it's, to picture it, that. It's very... But I'm getting it's it. sort of synergetic with what you're saying with, with bending glass to, to make words of some sort. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, it also fits in with my first idea of making some sort of sculpture. Right, right. Because picture I've got in my head of what you're talking about, word shadows, is you would be building something like a tower of some sort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be... Am I right? Yeah. It, it would definitely be a three-dimensional object because it, mm. you know, the, the light has to shine through the through side it. or through the, through the wall or whatever and then cast a, a word shadow onto something else. It might right. be an, might be an image, or it might be another set of words. And as right. this shadow goes on, it it might change the meaning of of what's on the, right. on the thing that it's being uh, cast to. Yeah, I I love this idea of words as what's the word I'm looking for as as a as an actor, okay. uh, as something animated that that modifies the space around it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. But a visual word rather than a spoken word. Correct. A word that you read. So that that you, yeah. Text, I suppose. Uh huh. Yeah. What's your third idea? My third idea was a tunnel book, making a a tunnel book, which is a bit like a kind of theater. I think it's basically an accordion sort of thing, but then it's got different layers, and so you can look down through it. Like a, like a tunnel, you know. I suppose it's it's not like a pop up book, but it's sort of similar. And um, again, it's a three D thing. What's interesting, me and you, are, are, the things we're talking about. Every I think every single one of them is is probably three D in some form or another. It it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm saying a, a tunnel book, 
because I, I've never made one. <laughs> I, I, I have. I have some books that have instructions on how to do them. And there are probably plenty of videos online on how to know them. So is a tunnel book, is it something that you hold in your hand or is it something that you look at as it's just sitting somewhere? Well, you could do both with it, I suppose, depending on its dimensions. Uh-huh. Because I've seen it some would, sculptures. It would, sit, it would sit in your hand. Yeah, it would if it was small enough. I see. Yeah, well, what have you seen? Um, do you want me to send you a picture of it? Um, yeah, yeah, we, we can, you know, we can do this after um, and okay. send some pictures back and forth. I'm just I'm sort of, tr I've, I've never heard of a tunnel book before. I, oh, I, it's a very, okay. very intriguing idea. I'm picturing in my mind something I saw in a museum once where it was like a book with pages, but it was almost like Swiss cheese, you know, it's sitting there and depending on which angle you looked at it, you saw different things, you saw people's faces or you saw some words. So anyway, that's, okay. that's sort of what came to my mind, but okay. I will I will take a look and, and look up what tunnel book actually means. I, I mean, a, t a tunnel book would just be a particular kind of structure. You could do all sorts of different things with it. Ah, um, okay. It, I imagine. Well, you can with any kind of structure, you know, if you took a particular kind of book form or whatever, you can do so many different things. Right. I mean, if you just change the, you will know this from all the sorts of things you do. If you, if you just take a format and then you modify elements of it, you end up with something different and then the effects are different, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and is the tunnel book, is the, is the purpose of a tunnel book to tell a story ultimately? I don't know, to be honest. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I, do, I find them visually appealing. There's probably is narrative intent with a lot of them because you've kind of built up depth of, of a 3D scene, but it could also just kind of be a, a sort of visual sort of experience mm -hmm. um, because, because it's, it's made up of lots of different layers with space in between them. Yeah. Um, so, so you'd get a sense of movement. You get a great sense of depth because you could make it as long as you wanted, really, as deep and as long as you wanted. Right. Um, right. Oh, that's so. I that's don't know if I've, I don't know if I've actually ever seen one in its physical form. I may only have seen pictures of them. So, yeah, for me, I don't even know how it folds up. I do. You know, I don't even think it has what you would call traditional pages that you turn, mm -hmm. but maybe it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So that was my third idea. How about yours? Well, my third idea is another <laughs> three-dimensional item. I call it a magnetic kinetic art. And the idea is to make a 3D art piece from paper, right? And then attach mm -hmm. like paper clips, metal, you know, metal paper clips mm -hmm. to the ends of things. I'm th sort of thinking like, a, imagine a, a paper weeping willow, right? With all these branches coming down and on the tips mm -hmm. are these paper clips. And then mm -hmm. you can like behind it or underneath it, hold a, um, a powerful magnet. And as you move the magnet, the tips of the branches and stuff, they move because they're being influenced by the magnetism. Mm. So the only requirement there would be that, you know, we need to have paper clips and we need to have some sort of powerful magnet. Yeah. But the, 
the structure itself is, you know, totally up to our imagination. It could be a tree, it could be a an, an anemone, it could be, you know, a series of people, whatever it might mm. be. Mm. Um, I might have some magnets. I don't know about powerful, but they, I think they're children's toys. Uh-huh. Um, they would probably carve enough to do that. A paper clip as well. I I think I have things to do every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, this is a great set of ideas. I love it. So let's talk about which ones we had a lot of energy around and what we might want to do. We've we've sort of gone down the route of three dimensionality, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so too. And I think we have also gone down a route of something that is like a tower or tree, so something that has vertical height. I'm I'm very very curious about the tunnel book idea. Ah, okay. <laughs> Okay. Because you mentioned that you actually haven't seen one yeah. in person. Okay. So how do you feel about that? Or maybe, I'm trying to think how we might combine or synthesize what we're doing with all these ideas. Are you saying that you particularly would like to explore the tunnel book? So what I'm thinking here is, is that, uh, you know, maybe we can synthesize something yeah, with the other ideas. Maybe the tunnel book will have an aspect of transparency, you know, that, that yeah. mentioned with the word shadows. Or maybe it'll have some aspect of food, not that it has, that it's a food item, but that it might refer to food or might refer to something. I'm not bothered about including food in the tunnel book necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> if we do a tunnel book, do we need to set any more parameters or is doing a tunnel book sufficient focus? You know, so for example, we're not specifying materials. We're not specifying what we want to try and do with the tunnel book. We're just going, let, let's each make a a tunnel book and, and see what, what we do with it. What I'd like to do, Mel, is I'd like to confer with you back and forth after this. Okay. Uh, we can do it by email or we can do it by Zoom, whatever, and mm -hmm. and just come to an agreement on what a tunnel book actually is. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I think <laughs> I have a pretty good idea what it is, and then we can go from there. Um, okay. The one thing that I like to do with you and I make a thing is not to make it so open-ended that we are both scratching our heads and thinking, oh, you no. know, how do I get started with this? But it sounds to me okay. like a tunnel book is fairly well-defined and that, that yes. there are very good examples out there. So yes. let's do that. And the last thing I want to ask is, do we want to make it collaborative in some way? In other words, do we want to give each other a prompt as we work through this do we want to send each other something through the mail, which mm. might take a long time? Or do we want to send each other something maybe th by email or, you know, we by could send email. like photos or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. To make I'm it, to to make it a little bit more collaborative. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, I'm happy to include a collaborative element to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mel, let's do that. Let's, let's make okay. a tunnel book. Yes. We'll work on the logistics okay. and we'll figure out something that we can send to each other over email. 
Okay, so I I can send you some photos of instructions on how to make a tunnel book, and it's got um, some images. We could use that as a starting point to understand what we could see as a tunnel book being, but we could also obviously look elsewhere to see what other kinds of things we could do with it. Uh-huh. Um, so I can start with that if you want to give you a starting point of where so that you can picture what I've got in my head. <laughs> right, right. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, okay. let's do that. Yeah. So I will send you, we'll decide what we think a tunnel book is. Yeah. Um, say we have a, a, a joint kind of understanding, and then we are exploring a way to introduce a collaborative element to it. Mm-hmm. So that's now our initial focus. Yeah, am I right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Okay. Well, we have our idea, Mel. This is wonderful. We I'm do. excited. Me too. Me too. The tunnel book, I think it will be a perfect project for us. So yeah, thank you for I that. So. Thank you for the suggestion. You're welcome. It's been wonderful hearing all of your other ideas too. In just a few moments, we'll return and hear how Mel and I did creating our tunnel books. But before we do that, I want to play for you something quite dramatic that happened during the first recording. This is when Mel was asking me, oh, you want to explore the tunnel book. Here's what happened. Are you saying that you particularly would like to explore the tunnel book? Oh, Oh, it says we have an earthquake detected. Okay. Hang on just a sec. Okay. Um, I'm not feeling anything yet. This is very interesting. I've, this is the first time I've gotten an earthquake alert. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to... I just want to pause for a moment here, something. Mel. Okay, I'll, I'll wait here for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, nothing's happening so far. If there was an earthquake somewhere, it's very, very far away. And indeed, it was actually quite far away. It was about 60 miles, and the earthquake was located in the delta. And it was smaller than the initial estimate, so that's why we didn't feel anything here in San Francisco. In any case, that's the first time that has happened to me while I was recording a podcast. So let's get back to You and I Make a Thing and uh, see how we did with our tunnel books. Well, Mel, welcome back. Hi, Thomas. Thank you. This was such a fascinating project. Tell me about how you felt doing the project. Well, I I had two things, I think, going on in my head. The one thing I had was about the connecting to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the collaborative kind of thing across across the sea, across that, that vast distance. And I wanted to kind of connect that sense of being in a place and of being across places. So mm-hmm. I had that going on. And then I had the, ooh, I'm going to play with a new structure. And I know it's going to be an exciting structure with yeah. lots of potential. And yeah, those were two different things in my head. 
mm-hmm. that I then tried to bring together. And you? I, you know, likewise for me, because it's such a, a three-dimensional piece, I was excited from the start because it's like, well, this is very different and it's, it's just unlike anything that, that I've ever put together. You know, why don't we start by talking about our prompts? We gave each other some prompts for yes. the book so that we had something to, to guide us. What were your prompts? Okay, so the prompts I gave you were, one was Kent, Mint, and Sprint. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the names of the three rivers that sort of feed the Kendall area. Mm. My second prompt was Mute, Cobb, Pen, and Signet. Um, mm-hmm. because we have swans on the river. Yeah. Third prompt was paper, cotton, and wool, because mm-hmm. we had, historically, there were mills, yeah? Right. And the fourth prompt was many bridges to cross, because we have quite a few bridges in Kendall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do, And yeah. your? So my prompts were, number one, in the morning, mirror calm. Number two, tidal currents, right and left. A number three, abundant life. And number four, people near, in, or on the water. And I wrote those because when you mentioned this idea of a tunnel connecting the two of us, in, in particular the bridges and the rivers, I immediately thought of San Francisco Bay and my experiences fishing there because I, during the summer I go fishing at least once a week on the beach in the surf there. So those are all the sort of the things that came to mind for me for this project. Yeah, I was focused on the, on the river and there were two reasons for that. One was because uh, when I looked into the history of tunnel books, mm-hmm. one of the first popular ones was a theater type book that promoted the bridge that went under or crossed the Thames mm-hmm. in London. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that. And then I was also looking the Anissa golden instructions that I was going to use to make it. And it seemed to have eight sections. And I thought, I think that Kendall has eight bridges. Ah. So, yeah. So that's what I'm going through my head. So then I went for a walk. After we decided, yes, we're going to do this, I went for a walk and uh-huh. I counted the bridges that I could walk across. And yeah, there are eight. So oh, how wonderful. That, that was kind of my thinking. So I was kind of thinking I could use a different prompt for each of the bridges. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would have this kind of eight section book. But then I ran into a hitch when <laughs> I was making it. Uh-huh. From her instructions. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about something else before we move into that. Yeah. You know, I think before we go on, Mel, why don't we go ahead and describe our tunnel books the best okay. we can? Well, go okay. ahead and describe your tunnel book and just give sort of a general flavor of what it looks like and, and what's in it. Okay, so my tunnel book, I just jumped in because mm. I knew that I... I wanted to do something that I would be able to finish in four weeks. And I didn't want to get too carried away. And I could see that the possibilities with the tunnel book meant I would get very carried away. <laughs> um, I know. I know the feeling. 
<laughs> and I also, this was a really interesting thing. I thought, yeah, Thomas is going to do something very probably mechanical and something that might have motion and something that might have electronics. And, and so in my head, I was thinking, well, I, let me just do something that kind of is like the sort of thing I would do. Yeah. And I just jumped in and started making it to see what would happen. And then mm. after that, I, I got more ideas. So my tunnel book doesn't have eight sections, it only has four. Because uh -huh. the instructions I was using have a photo of eight sections, even but only deliver four. So that was a bit of a, a challenge for me. I thought I was going mad, but it turns out I wasn't. So mine kind of using greens and blue, and it looks like a tunnel, and it runs through Kendall, uh -huh. through to San Francisco, and it's got a cover that is made of an envelope that you sent me in the post. Because right. which for the listeners, Thomas and I have been corresponding for just over three years, I think. That I have got a, quite a bit of wonderful death from Thomas. So I've used an envelope from Thomas. So my tunnel book basically holds some of our correspondence. Uh, so it really is a kind of collaborative Kendall to San Francisco book. And then each, each of the sections of the tunnel act in slots. So mm -hmm. I've got some of your watercolor postcards and they slot in. So you remove one and then you can see the second one. Right. Um, and it's such a wonderful idea. What a beautiful <laughs> idea. And you have the tunnel itself is a sort of a series of smaller and smaller ovals. Yeah, they're ovals. And the oval follows a shape that is on a city street miniature card with Batman on that you oh. sent in right. the post. <laughs> <laughs> so that shape is kind of followed through. Yeah. Um, and, and then each, each of the different sections there are eight different lines where I've kind of sort of made a three-verse kind of poet that draws on on the eight prompts we had. Right, right. Um, yeah, so that's mine. Yours? I just want to say on some of the envelopes that I've sent you, I've actually drawn art on the front of the envelope. Mm. And in mm. this case, I drew a Dungeness crab, which is, of mm. course, our native delicious oh. crab here in San Francisco. <laughs> and when you pull out all the the cards, you see the crab sort of on the last oval. I think that's really, really clever. <laughs> well, it's such a lovely little crab and, and, and the colors just work perfectly. Yeah. So I really, I, I really wanted to, to highlight that. So mm -hmm. yeah, it turned, you know, in some ways I didn't make the most of the structure. I didn't play too much with the structure. I mean, I added the envelopes around. So it's made a, a book cover, which I mm -hmm. suppose is a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I could have done all sorts of different things, playing with shadow and all sorts of things with the actual tunnel. Um, right. But I ended up, I liked color, and I ended up being more interested in making sure that I sort of turned this into a tunnel book that holds our correspondence. I think what's so clever is that you used the envelope 
as a cover for the whole book. So the book folds out and you can see the tunnel book itself, but then when you put it away, you can basically fold the envelope over it and it's like a little complete folder. It's yes. also, also very clever. Well, it's also quite playful because I've made a slot in the envelope that has got other bits in. So you've got like pieces that you can drop in and out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like some of those children's games or right. what's it called? There are lots of those where you slot in a sort of Tetris type thing. Yeah, so it, yeah. it, I, the tunnel book, well, for me, really lends itself to play. It does. It really does. I, I've spent a lot of time popping things into it and letting them fall through because I didn't see on the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, I did. I spent quite a bit of time just having absolute gleeful fun playing. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad. So for our listeners, I will absolutely be posting uh, pictures of Mel's book and also of my book on, on the show notes. So you can go to youandimakeathing.com and see them there. I'll describe my book. You mentioned having a few struggles here and there in terms of the number of pages and things. Yeah. I sort of had the same thing as well. So I decided that I wanted to have nine pages. Mm-hmm. You know, odd numbers are a thing with me, so it was nine pages. And the engineer in me just sort of went wild in terms of making drawings of it and making little prototypes. And I'm glad I did because the first thing that I discovered is I was always getting the number of folds wrong, like the number of folds incorrect. Okay. Uh, so, so my tunnel book is basically like an accordion. It has two spines. So it's, it has an accordion folds on, on either side. And the one side is a printout of, Mel, you and my conversation in the first half of this podcast. So I had transcribed that and I had printed it out and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to have like a portion of our, our transcript actually as the one side of the book. And the other side of the that. book is I, I did a digital collage of the Golden Gate Bridge and um, one of the big stone bridges in Kendall. Mm -hmm. And... And then printed that out, and that became the other accordion. I call them spines, but they're the accordion fold side. And then, yeah, but they act like a spine. It's they like act like a spine, exactly, spine. Yeah. right. And then I created the tunnel pages themselves, and each tunnel page has an opening in the middle, a square opening in the middle, and they're made of cotton paper. So I wanted to incorporate the cotton that you had mentioned in mm. actually the physical part of it. So I was able to yeah. incorporate cotton. I was able to incorporate paper with the spines. I did not get mm. to wool, however, but there's still, <laughs> it's still a possibility. <laughs> but each, each page is basically a watercolor drawing. So I have on the ends, I have watercolor drawing of the Golden Gate Bridge and the other end of the Stone Bridge in Kendall. And then I have each page going from the Golden Gate Bridge, I have sailboats, and then I have a kayaker. I have the arched bridge that we have in the Japanese tea garden here. Then I have a paddle border. There are a lot of paddle borders on the bay. And then the next one is the yellow submarine from the Beatles, just because I wanted something in the water, you know, with the periscopes coming out. And I just love the colors of the yellow submarine. And then I have a drawbridge that I found online. I just sketched that and drew that. 
and the, the drawbridge is up, so the, the two parts of the bridge are apart. And then I have the swans and a signet. So those are, are the pages, and the, each page below the bridge or the kayak or whatever, I've, I painted it on both sides with blue and green watercolors. So they have this sort of like a shimmery blue-green effect, which is my absolute favorite color. That's why I, I chose it. Mm-hmm. And it gives that sort of a feel of being underwater. Mm-hmm. And then I added some clear plastic sheets. I had a couple of them. And what I wanted to do there is I wanted to actually paint some fish on the clear plastic so it looks like there's actually fish in the water. And on one, I tried to paint a school of anchovies. And I struggled with that a little bit. They sort of look more like uh, neon tetras, but uh, still, it, it's, a, it's a neat effect. When you look into the book from the top, you just see the fish just in there, hanging there. You don't even really perceive that there's a sheet of plastic there. And then on the other end, the UK end, I drew a European eel. And, mm-hmm. and I did that because when I spent some time in Europe, in Germany, I actually fished for the eels and we would smoke them and, and eat them and they were delicious. So that's the reason I drew an eel. It's one of my, one of my favorite animals, actually. They're kind of strange little beasts. I'll have to check to see if you have eels in all of those here. I don't know. So Mel, what do you think was the most difficult part of the project? I think the most difficult part was the structure itself. Once you do it, isn't too difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sticking them on the right side of the accordion fold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a little bit of a faff. And I don't normally do this, but I worked backwards, so I made the structure first, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to work in it. I knew. That 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 was not going to be a good idea, and it was a terrible idea. <laughs> uh-huh. because, because I've written, you know, so lines and poem on the different side, right. on, on each different section. But it was very difficult to do that once everything was in place. So I I did this backwards, but with great enthusiasm. So I think if I did this again, I would do a different project with mm-hmm. with the tunnel books. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely plan it before because you could do so much with it. But once you've stuck it together, it's very difficult to work with. So aside from that little fiddly bit and following the instructions from the book where the photographic image that was in the book was not the image that matched her instructions. So right. that was uh, a bit of a pain. Because I thought I was misunderstanding, but mm-hmm. I wasn't. But then the other difficulty, I think, was, and this is often the difficulty, is, is deciding what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it had so many possibilities. Yeah. Those were the two hardest things for me. That's always, that's always a challenge when starting something like this. And that's why I'm so glad that we came up with some prompts. The prompts really guided me into like, Okay, now I had like a structure to create from within. Mm. Yeah. You know, as far as difficulty goes, it was exactly the same as you said. It It's like once the pages are in the structure, mm. because there's two spines, not just one spine, but two mm. spines, 
there's not much you can do with it once it's in there. It's like very hard to <laughs> to manipulate once it's like within the in the book itself. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing that struck me is so I did the ends first. I did the Golden Gate Bridge, and then I did the Kendall Bridge, mm -hmm. and then um, I went to do the Swans, and so the the the, pa the pages that that are in the book, they all are supposed to have a window. And when I started cutting with my X-Acto knife, I got to the point where I got to the swans and I realized that the swans were were separated. In other words, like the, the window was broken at the top because I hadn't visualized the way the window should work with the swans in it. So <laughs> there was a little bit of a struggle for me to figure out like how does the window part relate to whatever's on top? And okay. eventually I decided it's actually okay if the window doesn't have the top part of the frame. So there are several pages like with the drawbridge, because the drawbridge is open, the frame isn't complete at the top. And then I have another one with a paddle border. The paddle border is only on one side. And so that frame isn't completed as well. Yeah. And, and so I discovered like, yeah, it's okay. You can, yeah. I can keep it open on the top. It does make it yeah. a little bit more floppy. Because okay. a few of the pages are like not a complete frame, but it's totally okay. I ended mm. up taking the swans and gluing them onto this plastic sheet where I painted the eel onto. So it's, it's interesting that you mention it being floppy, because I think I've seen that somewhere else about someone talking about a tunnel book, but mm -hmm. um, she was mentioning how you could interpret it as, as being a bit sloppy but mine's mine's quite sturdy but mine's yes. also portrait not landscape right um, and then the other thing is i made my accordions the accordion folds are three centimeters and three centimeters so if you actually pulled the the fold out it would be six centimeters so it's actually quite a quite a bit oh, of, big it's big yeah so the folds yeah. themselves are not very tight um, oh mine are quite tight because they're they're probably just over a centimeter yeah yeah so that makes that makes quite a difference. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mel, did you refer mm. to any other resources other than Elisa Golden's book? No. I did have a look at examples online of different tunnel books and sort of the history yeah. of it. And, you know, they link very much to water books and everything. And I sort of got the idea of, okay, so I could see it was, you know, accordion fault because I'm used to making books. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in some ways, in terms of the structure, wasn't much of a stretch for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I, there's a part of me that feels like I didn't stretch myself enough, except I'd, I'd never seen one and I wanted to make one. So I was very excited about that. And that's, I think, why I just kind of launched into it. But <laughs> then I added... Then I just started adding the cover and all of that, and it it just became such a versatile structure. It's very very exciting. I mean, mine the structure I've done is absolutely a kind of prototype, but I, I'm I'm really happy with. It. And I'm sitting here now talking to you, and I've got my fingers all over it. It's so tactile. And I yes. just I love the sides of the of the accordion, how they feel. It, it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful. But it really is. It really is. You, did you go and look at anything else? I did. I looked at a few pictures just to get an idea, but I didn't want to overdo it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I, I yeah, had absolutely. the, um, 
I had the instructions from the Elisa Golden book, and I said, yeah, that looks exactly like what I might want to do. So I, I didn't look to too many resources. I just looked at a few and said, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm. Amel, was there a specific, like, aha moment for you? Well, I suppose there was the, I mean, I knew this was going to happen, but once I stuck the pages in, I was like, oh, this is going to be very difficult to work with them <laughs> yeah. now. But I knew that, yeah, so I kind of regretted that a little bit. That was me being too enthusiastic and not wanting to redo it. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't want to redo it because there's something about it I, I really like. And I'm so, I often with these sorts of things, I don't prototype, I just go and I, I do it and I kind of go flow. Yeah. But the other thing was, because I was excited as well, I was impatient. I, I wanted to see, I wanted to see what, potential was within you know right. how easy it might be to do and once the pages were in i could see yes it's going to whatever you do with it it's going to do something you know mm -hmm. because of, of the depth and, and the layers and if you cut any part of it you're going to change the effect or, or what it can do right right um, and you you know, I, it's been a while since I have worked with watercolors, and it just reminded me of how wonderful it feels to work with watercolors. You know, watercolors, when you're working with them, they have a mind of their own. You know, it, it'll spread, the colors will merge, and then when it dries, it, it really dries much lighter than you think it will. Mm -hmm. All of that I love about watercolors. You know, like I said, the watercolors have a mind of their own. They don't, they don't obey you. And, and I'm fine with that. I actually enjoy that aspect of painting with watercolors. And that was, that was very enjoyable. Mm. I, I like it that, you know, we've got your postcards that I'm using. They're watercolors that you did. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that there's like a watercolor thing running through it. I didn't do any drawing or anything like that. I suspected that I wouldn't. I didn't want to necessarily do a narrative kind of. Mm -hmm. um, story. Yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to play with the color and and light. And in terms of another unplanned moment, once I'd got it together and realized, oh, I can slot things into it. And yeah. I dug out your. I dug out some of your bits, and and then when I was like, okay, this it is. It's going to be a book that holds right. our correspondence. Do you want me to to read what I wrote on on the? On the panels. Yes, yes, please do. And so it goes. A day ripples, minted fresh, preens itself in the mirror, read paper, both sides, sprints right, left a little late, hop, kick, jump over, the tide turns. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> wonderful. I love that. That's great. Thanks. Mel, did you learn about anything about yourself in this process? Yeah, very playful and impatient. Huh. Um, and I like 3D structural. I like it when, when an artist's book or something has sculptural element to it. Yeah, you? The same but opposite, if I can say. <laughs> okay. I, I also am just overjoyed when I do something three-dimensional like this. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was I need to be more like you, Mel. I need to just jump in and do something and not be so 
so deliberate about it. I should just, I should play. And it was play for me. I mean, I don't want to suggest that it wasn't play, but I am enjoying your description of how you jumped into it and, <laughs> and just went with it. So maybe there's some middle ground that we both of us yes. can, can find in our future yeah. projects. I am so overjoyed by doing this project, but also just at the thought of like uh, future tunnel books. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. I could become very addicted <laughs> to doing them. That they all look completely different. They do. Mm. There's so much possibility. I mean, there's just mm. it's almost like an unexplored medium. Yeah, because the, you know, once you kind of have made one, once you you understand because the structure is not that complicated. It's just yeah, a tiny little bit fiddly. It's really not that complicated, is it? Right. Right. Well, Mel, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for, first of all, the suggestion of doing the tunnel book and just your, your playfulness and the joy that you brought to this. I am so delighted that we did this together. Um, me too. I'm, I'm so glad you invited me. It's been lovely. Thank you for embarking on this creative journey with us today on You and I Make a Thing. I hope the trials, triumphs, and revelations we shared ignited your own spark of creativity. Remember, art is about the process as much as it is about the product, so don't hesitate to make your own thing and embrace the challenges along the way. Connect with me on Instagram at Butelevision and tell me about your creative endeavors. And don't forget to tune in next time when I dive into another creative adventure with a new guest artist. You won't want to miss it. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a review and sharing the podcast with other art enthusiasts. Your support helps me continue to bring these creative explorations to life. Until next time, keep making, keep exploring, and keep surprising yourself. <laughs>